Welcome to the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. I'm your host, Brooklyn, and I suffered from misophonia for more than 20 years before finally eliminating it through unconscious reprogramming using modalities like neuro-linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, rapid resolution therapy, and more. The goal of this podcast is sharing how unconscious reprogramming can help you lessen trigger sounds, alleviate suffering, and create more joy in your life. You deserve to do the things you love with the people you love uninterrupted. Welcome back to another episode of the Let's Ditch Misophonia podcast. Today, we are talking about something that maybe not be or maybe won't be super exciting, but hopefully I can entice you to keep listening by telling you that it's super helpful what I'm sharing today. And I would even argue a crucial part in achieving any goal in your life. But of course, I'm going to tie it into misophonia because that is what this podcast is about. Today, y'all, we are going to be talking about evidence procedures. Now, before we get into the importance of having an evidence procedure and what that is and how it plays into your progress and eliminating misophonia, I also want to share a very exciting client update. So in last week's episode, we talked all about progress. And in that episode, I shared that I was working with a client who really wanted to get back to these classes that they really enjoyed going to. And they stopped going because of their misophonia. And so the goal of our session was to shift their mindset Again, if you hear the little pitter-patter, it's my dog. He's in the room because I have three animals and I can't get away from them to podcast. So he is right next to me, but I'll, I'll pause this and I'll get him to lay down for a second. Okay, he's on his dog bed now, so we should be in the clear. Anyway, I talked about how this client wanted to get back to these classes that they really enjoyed. And I told them, I said, you know what? Even just the fact that, because, you know, we had this, this was toward the end of the session. I said, even just the fact that you're excited to go, whereas before you were like, nope, no way. That's a huge progress. Like that's, you should celebrate that. That's a success. And I said, even if you go to this class, you get to the front door and you turn around and go home, still celebrate that because that's further than you've gotten in the past. Well, I check in with this person about a week, maybe a little over a week later. And I said, hey, how did it go? Like, how was the class? Did you go? How are things going? And they emailed me and not only did they go to the class, but they stayed the entire time and they actually were able to fully participate in the class and really enjoyed seeing old friends again and and getting to do that. And they emailed me and said, I'm going to another class tomorrow. So that's really exciting. That's a huge breakthrough. And I'm meeting with this person again this week. So I can't wait to see what happens even after this fourth session. So I just wanted to share that because of course this podcast is all things misophonia, right? What things can you try and what should you be implementing as you're working toward eliminating your misophonia? And I want to also share results from the people that I'm working with because it's one thing to hear my story, but hearing the transformation of others and the more that we share and the more that we hear these stories, the more possible it feels, right? The more encouraging it is to keep going and to keep, you know, working until you find something that works for you. Anyway, I'm rambling, but I wanted to share that update. And now we are going to get into evidence procedures, what this episode is all about. 
So in simplest terms, what is an evidence procedure? An evidence procedure is just something that you can refer to and it helps you confirm that you've achieved a certain goal or outcome. So for example, if you are working to improve your money mindset, let's say, right? How will you know that you're making progress toward that goal? Maybe it's when you, for the first month, you spend less than you're making. Or maybe it's when you feel comfortable booking this dream vacation and you book it without feeling any guilt. Or maybe it's you see your credit score raised by five points. Whatever it is, whatever you set for yourself, it's this marker that you can refer back to that shows you proof. Like, hey, you're doing the damn thing, right? Like you're making progress. And evidence procedures are helpful for a handful of reasons. And yes, again, I promise you I'm going to tie this into misophonia, Uh, but they're helpful for a couple of reasons. So firstly, we as human beings don't, like as a species, I'm generalizing here. Some people love change. Most people don't. As a species, we tend to be, you know, not super excited by change. We don't like being uncomfortable and we don't like getting outside of our comfort zones. And so that's why when you're working toward a goal, the ego is really good at sabotaging in quotes because I don't really see it as sabotaging, but that's a a popular way to describe it. Your ego is really good at sabotaging you along the way. So let's say that you're up for a promotion at work and it's something that you really want. You know you'd be really good at it. And also at the same time, that's a lot of responsibility. What if you step into this promotion and you fail or you make a fool of yourself or you do the wrong thing, right? Or you even get fired. So again, you're up for this promotion, but your ego is like, "Mm, I don't think we want to risk it, right? Because it likes to stay safe. It likes to stay in the comfort zone. And so it might tell you things like, well, so many people already applied. They probably won't even consider me because, you know, I've only been here five years and some of the other guys or girls or whoever, you know, they've been here for 10 years or whatever else. Or, you know, I just have a bachelor's degree. This other guy who's applying, they have a master's. And so you end up never applying for the promotion, something that you would have been really good at, but you don't even go for it, right? Or... When you do achieve that thing, you do get the promotion and then you downplay it because you almost feel like an imposter. You're, you've gotten the promotion, you're there and you're like, holy, sh- now I actually have to do this job. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. Who am I to brag about this promotion that I probably didn't even deserve? Like, I just got lucky. And so you lose that recognition of having achieved that goal. Another case, you know, you get there, you've achieved it despite your ego's best efforts. And so your mind immediately goes to work in normalizing the change, right? Because again, mind doesn't like uncertainty. So it's like, okay, we got we to gotta normalize this right away. And when we normalize it without celebrating it or recognizing it, it almost feels like we haven't made any progress at all. Or it's like, yeah, okay, I achieved this, but it's really not that big of a deal. Like I got their promotion, but you know, my brother-in-law, he's making like more than double my salary and he has an even higher position. Maybe, you know, I got promoted to VP. Well, he's a CEO and he makes so much more money. And so we downplay that success. 
Or, you know, you see people who win the lottery and they quickly spend it all because their mind, unconscious mind is like, we are not used to this much money. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Or the same thing when people get a raise, let's say they get like a, a, an extra thousand dollars a month, they immediately find a way to spend it. <laughs> so they should have an extra thousand dollars a month, right? Le- like, let's say they were paying all of their bills, not paid p- paycheck to paycheck. That's a different scenario, sort of. So let's say that they've been able to pay all their bills, they cover everything, they get an extra thousand dollars a month. And, you know, three, four months later, they're like, man, I can't afford to, to do all these things. I can't afford to pay my bills or my car payment or my house payment. And it's like, wait a minute. Just three months ago, you were making all these payments and now you're receiving an extra thousand dollars. And now you're back to like, oh, I can't afford this. I can't do this because you find ways to spend that money, right? You find a way to normalize the situation that you're in. You're used to not having enough money. So yeah, you got this extra money, but your mind is going to find sneaky ways to get you back to that place of not having enough money. That's a bit of a tangent, but I promise you it's all going to come together. (laughs) So Another thing is you might be like, you know, yeah, I got the promotion, but my husband got promoted too, and his promotion's way better than mine. And so, you know, it's like mine's not even, I didn't even really achieve anything. This was actually something that happened to me. This is a real story. So my fiance and I both got promotions around the same time, and they were both manager positions. So I went from, I think it was social media and office coordinate administrator, something like that, to marketing and administration manager. Well, where he was working, he got promoted into management and it was something that he really wanted to achieve. He'd been working toward it for years. And for me personally, it was basically a title that I like proposed myself in my review. I was like, hey, I think this title makes more sense. The The boss was like, yep, sounds good. Here's a raise, bada bing, bada boom. And so for me, I started downplaying it. I was like, well, his his promotion's so much better than mine. It's so much cooler. It means more. He's at a bigger company, blah, 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 blah. Of course, I don't feel that way about it now, but that was something that I that I went through. I tried to downplay that. And so for a while, it almost felt like I didn't achieve anything at all. But to receive that promotion and to receive that raise after six months really demonstrates the work that I was doing there in order to get myself there. The boss wouldn't have said, yeah, that sounds great if I'd been doing a crappy job, right? If I hadn't earned it. And so again, we find all of these ways to normalize things, to downplay our success, whatever else it is. And all of this is limiting our own power. We lose sight of how powerful we are and how we actually have more control in our lives than we give ourselves credit for. We give so much power to external events and external things, and we give away a lot of our own power that we have to create the reality that we desire. We dim that light that we all have inside of us, that light that, again, allows us to create our own reality and go after the things that we want. It discourages us from striving for even bigger dreams because we lose sight of all the things that we've achieved along the way. However, if we celebrate all the progress, we talked about this last week, if we celebrate all the progress we've made, we'll know we've achieved it through the evidence procedure. So last week we talked about progress. Well, how do you know you're making progress? Through an evidence procedure. 
That's what we're talking about today. Because when we have an evidence procedure, we become more aware of the change or the shift or the progress. And that awareness inspires us to keep going or to try something new or to just feel content and grateful for what we have achieved so far. So remember, I promised I would relate this all back to misophonia. So here we go. I had an evidence procedure that I set for myself when I started seriously working to eliminate my misophonia, which in all honesty, when I started that mission, seemed like an impossible goal because I had lived with it for over 20 years. I had researched things that had helped and it seemed like it was going to be impossible. I didn't know anyone at the time who had eliminated, successfully eliminated their misophonia. But you know what? I told myself, okay, I was very determined. And I told myself, if I can eliminate just one trigger sound, if I'm no longer annoyed by whistling, which is my biggest trigger sound, then I'll know that the modalities I'm using are actually working. And if I can eliminate one trigger sound, that will be proof, that will be evidence to me that my bigger ultimate goal of eliminating my misophonia altogether is actually possible. So again, evidence procedures can be used along the way, right? And they can be updated as you continue achieving smaller goals along the way to that bigger outcome or goal. So my evidence procedure again was I'm no longer bothered by whistling. So I started creating these meditations, these hypnoses, Uh, I had a little bit of RRT mixed in there. It was mostly just meditation and hypnosis though. And again, I really wasn't expecting much, but I was very determined. And I remember the first time, I've talked about this before on different platforms, I remember the first time I heard whistling and wasn't triggered into a rage, into panic, into fear. Whistling was the trigger sound where no matter what, I was out. It sent me immediately into rage, fight or flight mode, plugging my ears, just incredibly pissed off, right? It was my number one trigger sound. If whistling is one of yours, you get it. I don't have to go into it. And so I remember I was touring a nonprofit and it was an open office layout. And I remember hearing it and it was like a holy moment for me. Like I'm, it's, it's working. Like I just heard whistling and I'm okay. I don't, I don't feel like I need to run away. Like it's just something that I'm aware of, but it's not something that's causing me distress or pain. And when that happened, I remember going home. I think I probably texted my fiance. I don't think I waited till I got home. I was too excited. I was like, I, I did it, right? Like I just heard whistling. I wasn't triggered. And this is what I said would prove to me that I'm making progress and that this stuff works. And because I set that evidence procedure and because I had proof right there, it inspired me to keep going and to keep eliminating more and more triggers until eventually I got to the point where now I describe my misphonia as being cleared or eliminated. Here's the thing though. If I didn't set that evidence procedure ahead of time, before I started any of the work, if I didn't say this will prove with certainty that I'm onto something here, then there probably would have been a tendency to say, well, yeah, I'm not bothered by whistling, but I'm still annoyed by all these other things like gum chewing, eating sounds, throat clearing, 
So obviously this isn't working because I'm still annoyed by all these other things. And I probably would have given up. And that would have been a huge shame because that means if I'd given up, I'd still be living with misophonia and I wouldn't be out here helping other people to eliminate it, to alleviate the suffering. But because I set a procedure and it showed me, okay, yeah, I haven't eliminated all my triggers yet, but this is working because I am making progress. I have evidence of it. I have proof. That means I can make even more progress and I can continue to eliminate more and more sounds. And I know it's also the case where people try one treatment or one modality for misophonia. They get some results, but they don't completely clear it. And so they give up and they say, oh, well, nothing works. Nothing will ever help. But in reality, even if you're just 10% less annoyed by sounds than you were before, your life is already better than it was before, which means that thing you tried, it did work. Maybe it didn't work as well as you hoped it would. Maybe you didn't make as much progress as you thought you would, but it proves that progress is possible. So maybe you went to one session or you tried a modality one time, things are 10% better. Obviously, you want to make more progress, but it's a signal that, hey, this thing is actually doing something. So maybe that is your signal to keep going with it. Or maybe you try it a couple times, you feel like you are at a plateau. That's your signal to, okay, I've proved progress is possible. Now let's try something else. Let's try a new modality and see how much further I can get with that one. Evidence procedures are so, so helpful and great to have along your journey. In my group program and when I work with one-on-one clients, which at the time of this recording, the group program is starting this weekend. Very excited about that. But the first thing I have my members or my students do before we ever get started is to fill out an introduction survey. And obviously this survey, it helps me for marketing purposes and it lets me know if my program's actually doing what it says it will do. It helps me know if it's actually working. But in all honesty, this introduction survey is really for them because it gives them an evidence procedure. They will then update the survey every two weeks, so they'll do it three times, and then they can look back on that survey and that proof, that evidence is right there in front of them. They have that evidence, they have that proof right there in front of them that says, hey, I'm actually doing it. And when they see this progress, it inspires them to keep going. It encourages them to stay active in the course, to keep coming to the calls and doing the work to get closer and closer to that ultimate goal that they set before they ever start the course. Because again, when you have proof of your progress, then you're so much more likely to keep going, to create more and more relief, more and more transformation. Because the thing with misophonia is, I don't have to say this, you know it, the thing with misophonia is it can make life really, really challenging. And sometimes you have good days, sometimes you have crappy days. And so if you aren't tracking that progress, if you aren't seeing the proof in front of you, that discouragement, those really bad days can weigh you down and can encourage you to want to quit or give up 
So having that progress, having that evidence procedure is so, so important. So like I said, not super exciting, not like a super sexy topic or anything like that, but an important one. I encourage you to ask yourself, what are my evidence procedures? How will I know that I'm making progress in this in this area of my life? And again, obviously this is about misophonia. That's what this podcast is about. But this can apply to any outcome, any goal that you have in your life. So that's all that I have for evidence procedures. If you do want to work one-on-one with me, I have limited spots for that. You can click the link in the show notes and you can apply. If you want to hop on the waitlist for the next launch of the group program, Rewire Misophonia at the Source, that will also be in the show notes. Again, uh, enrollment is closed right now, but you can get on the waitlist so you'll be the first to know. When the next round opens, you can snag a spot and you will also get exclusive updates on the transformation, transformations, I should say, that current students are experiencing inside the first round. So you can actually see how the program works before you sign up, which is really cool. Also, be sure to leave a rating, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast and check me out over on Instagram. I'm at Brooklyn Dish. That'll be in the show notes. And I cannot wait to catch you in the next episode. I will see you all next week.